Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Today we have Terrence Ty Manns on the phone. He's a retired Army major, having been in the military and ROTC since 1980. He's always had a passion for storytelling and filmmaking. And this blossomed when he met his friend, colleague, and mentor, Rick Bieber, who is the former president of HBO Pictures. In 2006, they put out movies through their independent film production company, Angel City Pictures. You may have seen one like the true story of Luke Abbott. In 2016, Ty wrote the inspirational film about three families in crisis of faith called A Question of Faith. That's when he teamed up with uh, Bishop Charles Mackey to create family and faith-based generational films that could be viewed anywhere, theater, church, schools, on DVD, your phone, and I'm thankful for it. As I recently watched one of his latest films that Ty wrote and executive produced, my brother's keeper, which pulled me in for the whole hour and 36 plus minutes. I mean, it just went by because I was so absorbed in it and it was done so well. I'd just like to welcome Ty to In Awe by Bruce. Ty, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. A wonderful introduction. I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. So Ty, tell us a little bit about what brought you to faith in the Lord or how you came about your belief or, or it grew. Being from a small town in West Virginia, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. It was a coal mining town where everybody was poor. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody worked hard, but everybody went to church. So it, it, uh -huh. it didn't matter how hard you worked uh, or what you had to do. Come Sunday when the bell rang, everybody was walking to church. So I, I grew up in a church environment. Uh, with my mother and my grandmother and my father eventually himself became a pastor. Wow. So uh, I, I've, I've been around faith in my entire life. And you know, when I went to the military, I, I just didn't lose it. It stayed with me. It was something that I relied on. I, I pray all the time. I pray for uh, just not myself and my family. I pray for others around me. So faith has always been strong with me. Hmm. What in particular did you see happening in your life that brought about this ability to have the storytelling and then also bring it into where you're using it to tell stories of faith? Bruce, that's a good question. And there's a couple ways I answer that. And one, I'll start from the, the, the last part of it, if I may. I would always talk to my father about writing movies. And I've, I've always had this desire to, and this, this drive to write stories. So when he and I would talk, I would either call if I was you know, away on assignment or when I came home on military leave, we would talk about this. And he would always tell me, yeah, you have to do this because you know, these movies that you make will reach more people than I could ever reach through the doors of that church. And he mm -hmm. would say to me, because your movies, he's, you know, he would go, my, my church, I have boundaries and I have walls. Yeah. And our borders. And he would say, your movies won't have that. Your movies won't have boundaries. They won't have borders. They won't have walls. They can go anywhere. He said, so, you know, he would always just say, you should do this. The answer to the first part 
I, I tell people it's through prayer and I, I, I tell folks all the time and I've been asked questions like this and similar to this when people I've had people say to me, well, are you surprised at where you are now? And I, and I say to them and I answer, always answer the same way. No. And I'm not answering this from arrogance. I'm answering this from the fact that I've been praying for this. Mm-hmm. This is what I prayed for for years and still pray for. So how am I going to say I have faith in what God can do for us? For me, if I'm praying for something and then it happens, I'm surprised about it. Yeah. So I'm not. I just I pray for it. I, I thank God for it. And I pray for it. And I just <laughs> I'm thankful. But I just believe through prayer and him showing me, OK, you're not ready yet. You have to still do this. And and he put these things in front of me and I go, oh, OK, I never read this before or <laughs> oh, I've never seen this before. But each time that happened, it, it just brought me closer to being able to one day say, oh, I got it. This is how you write these stories. Uh-huh. And, and these stories, thank God, are now manifesting them way, their ways into um, the big screens and on TV. So it's just, it's not me. I'm just, I'm just I tell everybody, I'm just a faithful servant. <laughs> I, I, I take the book he put in front of me and I read it. I take the video he placed in front of me and I watch it. And then mm-hmm. I take the wisdom from that and apply it. So, and then I pray that, okay, God, now I understand this. What's next one? Oh, that's great. And your writing's excellent. So as you look at your life and the spiritual flow of it, is there something that you point to that you can say, you know, this is really what drives me about God. When I, when I look at all that God has done or is doing in my life, this is what really makes me just go, you know what, I can't do anything but continue to do this kind of stuff for the Lord. Yeah, and you know, and the genesis of that really is in this story. Mm. Uh, the story of my brother's keeper is based loosely on my father's life after Vietnam. Oh. When he came back from Vietnam, you know, he was suffering PTSD. Now, of course, back then in the 70s, we didn't call it PTSD. We called it shell shock. Mm-hmm. But we knew something was wrong with him, and he knew something was wrong with him. And it came to a point where eventually my mother said, "Okay, kids, let's go. We're leaving." Yeah. And she left, and we went to our grandmother's. And when he came there a few days later, my grandmother suggested that they go talk to the pastor. For uh-huh. again, we were a poor West Virginia. You know, coal mining town. That's, we were just poor. And um, they did. My mother and father started going to the pastor for counseling. And that led to my father becoming a deacon, my father becoming a minister, my father becoming eventually a pastor and pastoring his own church. Wow. For many years, he pastored his own church. So I look back at that and go, I know how this works. I've been blessed by it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just have your faith and maintain your faith, and yes, it will be challenged. We we all have our faith challenged. Yes. But if we know that faith is there and we, we lean on that, we can get through things. And so um, whenever um, I look back at where the, the real genesis and the root of my faith, I just think back to those days when, you know, think about it. Our life as a family could have gone an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. If had not my grandmother said to them, 
you need to go get counseling from the pastor. Wow. And now that gave us almost, you know, 40 years with our father before he passed away that we would have never had. I know what you're saying because, you know, my, my father was in World War II and I always wondered there were some things you could see he was struggling with, but he never talked. And my parents were divorced when I was really young, when I was six months old. But mm-hmm. somebody told me, a counselor told me I should go interview him. And when I did, I found out he was on that group that followed the troops heading in towards Japan. He was going mm. through all the islands. He was part of the, quote, cleanup crew every time yeah. they went through an island. And he told me that one day when mess was getting out and a movie was getting out, there was an X crossroads between the two. Mm-hmm. And just then the Japanese dropped a cattail bomb, which means it exploded about five feet off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And it wiped out all those people, and he had to clean it all up. Yeah. It's, and, it's what they go through is amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's like, two weeks. He goes, I didn't sleep for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no wonder. Yeah, yeah, you see, it's no wonder. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So that, yeah, that's a great marker in your life. I mean, even even though it has its sadness, it has such a beauty because it sounds like your dad really – really came through this. And, and like you said, you got to spend that time with them. What, you know, praise God for that. Yes. Yes. Wow. Beyond looking at what inspires you, where do your thoughts come in? So this came from, this movie came from lightly on your father. Anything else inspire it to pull it together? My brother's keeper. And maybe you want to tell people a little bit of what it's about. The movie is about uh, a soldier who, he loses his best friend in combat and he has to come back to the States from his deployment to, uh, as what we call in the military escort duty. He volunteers to escort his friend's body back. But while he's home, he takes a little extra time and he goes to his parents' house. While there, you know, his parents sadly have lost their life in a car accident some years before. So while he's home trying to work on their house, he starts to experience these symptoms of PTSD. And he also discovers that his parents' car accident may not have been a car accident like he was told. And so he goes on this journey. So he's battling this this thing of PTSD. He's trying to find out what happened to his parents. And all the while, he has uh, befriended a young lady who's trying to help bring him back to his faith. Hmm. And so these, this, there's this three parallel story that's working that eventually we bring it all back together at the end in a nice way. I won't give it away, but in a nice mm-hmm. way. But um, <laughs> I wanted to write this story for some time. Uh-huh. And when we were on the set doing A Question of Faith, I was watching T.C. Stallings performing because he was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him and I'm watching his mannerisms and I'm looking at his his body shape and everything and I'm thinking, man, he would really be good in this role because he's about the size of what my father was during that time. And he's a great talent. So one day we were actually just sitting outside by the crafty table. And um, it was the first time I really talked to him. And I just started, we started talking and I turned to him and I said, hey, I got this idea for a movie. And if I write it, would you be interested in playing the lead? You know, he said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, yeah, you write it, let me see it. <laughs> and so about three, four weeks later, I sent him the draft. And he actually called me, and he'll tell you this, because he said this before he called me, and said, you know, I didn't believe you were going to do this, because this happens all the time. We always get people go, well, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that. 
for you. And we never hear from him again. He says, but you actually wrote this story that quick. I said, I told you it's been sitting in my head for a while now. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just got inspired, you know, by your performance to go, that's the guy right there that can pull this off. So I'm glad I did it. I'm glad TC accepted the role because I think he's great in the movie. I'm really yeah. happy it turned out the way it did. Because I was going to ask you, you know, with the the people in there, you know, you've got some a really cool cast, and uh, he does a fabulous job. And uh, and I'm speaking with him tomorrow, actually. Oh, good, good, good. And I was going to ask him how exactly he prepared for the PTSD yeah. scenes, uh, because he does such a good job. You you did a great job of writing him in, and I'm thinking he played him out so well. Yes, he did. Um... He did. He'll tell you. I won't go into. I won't steal his thunder. But he'll yeah. tell you he did a lot of research. So, for example, all of the outbursts that you see in that movie were outbursts that we saw as children from our father. So okay. Those are lifted right off of real life experiences. So TC on set, we would talk. He would go, "Okay, how did this happen? You mm-hmm. know, what kind of?" So he and I, you know, I would say, "Okay, this is what he really did." And this is how he was moving or he was screaming really loud uh, because the scene with the pastor, and again, I won't give that away on the talk show here, but on the scene with the pastor, the first time he did it, I, I just walked up to him and said, he was a lot more aggressive than that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and he goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, he was really angry that day. Wow. And he said, all right. I said, so just be angry. Give it all you got. I'll let you know if you go too far. But when he did it, I just looked at him. I said, yeah, that's 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 pretty close. That's good enough. right?" <laughs> so we, we, he and I would just have these small conversations. But he did. TC will tell you oh, tomorrow when you talk to him about all the work he did. I mean, yeah. He really did a lot of research. You know, as you look at this tie in terms of the effect and what you're calling out for response, really, from the audience, what do you hope will happen for somebody that's maybe been through or has that PTSD? What are you hoping this might help them with? The message behind this movie is we know people are suffering, whether it's PTSD or or whatever. We know people are suffering, especially now in this COVID world that we've had to live in the last year. We know people are suffering. And I, I pray that the message that they get from this movie and what people see in this movie is that the exact same I told you earlier about my parents and the church door being open for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I do believe there's a church door open for everybody somewhere out there. And if you're going through something and if you've tried to get help or or you feel like you've, you've had as much help as you think you, you can take or you, you know, if you're just at the end of that rope, mm-hmm. don't give up. Go to that, find that church door. Give that one last shot to that church door and walk through it. I think that's good advice because the one thing I was going to throw at you is that, you know, I used to work with somebody and they would always go, I'm too bad for God. Right. So what would you, what would you say? You got somebody that's struggling with PTSD and, or, you know, I'm listening and I've got my relative, my brother, my sister, my husband, wife, struggling with PTSD, and they say that kind of thing, you're saying walk through the door just one more time. Anything yeah. else you throw in there? Yeah, I mean, how do you know if you haven't walked through that door? Uh-huh. You, you know, if you, haven't, if you say I'm too bad for God, I've done too many bad things, but you haven't walked through that door to truly find out, then how do you know? Mm-hmm. 
you've convinced yourself something that may not be real. Yeah. So if anything else, if the choice is not to walk through that door and continue suffering or worse, take your own life, walk through the door and find out if you're too bad for God. Because mm-hmm. I truly believe that if if God could turn my father around and, yeah. I, and my family knows it and we talk openly about it, he suffered. He suffered horribly. He the drugs, the alcohol, the abuse, you know, it was all there when he came back from Vietnam. Wow. And that man ended up ministering and passing his own church mm-hmm. for many years after that. So I know if God can turn him. And the thing about my father also, I, I like to point out here that yeah. he wasn't a bad man. He was a great man. Yeah. He was just battling these demons. Right. And we were too young at that point to understand that. But once he was able to use the weapons that God gave him to fight those demons, mm-hmm. he became the hero that we knew he could be to us. Yeah. And and so I'll say that to people that if you think that you're too bad for God or you're too bad, don't convince yourself that until you walk through that door, find mm-hmm. somebody to talk to. And that just that pastor taking his time years ago once a week to sit down with my mom and dad changed our world wow for somebody listening to what would you tell them as far as expectation because you know it could be one of those things where you think well you know did he turn around right away did it take a long time it's different for everybody i think it's probably different from everybody and no they didn't turn around right away Mm -hmm. what we saw was an effort that they put into it they stopped drinking they stopped smoking they stopped and it was a gradual we're going to get better here today we're going to get better here tomorrow mm-hmm. and I, I will tell you this and uh, for me personally i just remember waking up one day and felt like i was in a whole new world everything <sighs> felt different <laughs> it was there was no fear of anything and i and i and even today thinking about that i think back and go and I don't remember it happening. It just happened. So I just tell folks, don't expect for a light switch performance because that's mm-hmm. just not how anything works. But if you're willing to go in there and watch the electrician wire the place, you'll be able to flip that switch one day and it'll work. What I find and I think is encouraging for people to hear is you saw all this and yet you went into the military and now both your sons are heading that direction too. Yes. Any fear along those lines or anything make you go, oh gosh, I don't want them to go through this or did you prepare them? No, I mean, there's no fear because my wife, my wife is a combat vet. You know, we are a military family, mm-hmm. uh, but we, my wife and I've always said that we've raised our children we raise our sons so they can leave. We want them to leave and become young men and young, responsible men. The fact that the two of them chose the military was not of our doing. We never talked about joining the military when Uh they were young. We only talked about going to college. You will go to college. Uh That's what we wanted them to do. And then after college, you you can go do what you want. But they both gravitated to the challenges of the military. Yeah. Uh, and, And we've let them live their life. We don't worry about that because it's not in our hands, is it? No. It's just not. So if we 
worry about it, then it invites that into their soul and their spirit. Mm-hmm. So we just tell them, you pray about your life and you work hard at the things that will help you stay safe of these things. That's about all we can do now because their path has been chosen only for them. Right. And we have to let them walk that path. And we just try to provide whatever support we can wherever they are on that path when needed. And that's about all I think as parents we can do at this point. Purpose is is so important to all of our lives. And one of the things that is brought home in the movie is is the phrase that God has a plan for you. Yes. So explain that a little bit more. Again, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, uh, that seems very innocuous. It's kind of general. What mm-hmm. do you mean? Well, I think it is general, isn't it? If you really think about it, you look at my father, for an example. All the things he was going through, there was still a plan out there for him. Yes. <laughs> so, yep. and, and if you think about that plan, it wasn't some grandiose plan. His plan was to for my father to go through these experiences and then lead others from it. Mm. And so I don't know if I've had a grandiose plan for my life. It's mm-hmm. been, hey, from a coal mountain town to, to the military, to a father, to now a, a storyteller. So I think our plans are simple. What makes our plans complex is when they're right there in front of us and we choose to fight against them. If I had to give you one example, it would be to, again, look back at what my father did. He went yes. from coal mining town in West Virginia to the military, back to a coal mining town in West Virginia, to suffering through PTSD, to near divorce and losing family, to being a pastor and helping many, many people throughout his career. And it's just each step along the way. I'm glad you're simplifying it because I think we do get caught up in the complex of, you know, what's all this mean and where's it? And it's just taking each Mm -hmm. step along the way. And Mm -hmm. part of your dad's path was you. Yes. And it's how he affected you and what he did and what you're doing now. Like he said, and I noticed on your website, you talk about no walls, no borders. Yes. And, you know, it's kind of that Billy Graham thing. We can reach people and touch their lives in churches, but Billy Graham could come in and touch people's li- a bunch of people's lives. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. then the rest of us can follow up with helping disciple or build those people. Before I started writing faith-based films, yeah, uh, yeah, I did some research on them and I talked to people and I talked to people at my church and, and other friends of mine. And, you know, I was just asking them, what do you, what do you want in these movies? What, mm. what, have, what do you, what have you liked? What haven't you liked? And what was the one consistent answer I got was, yep, I like watching the faith-based movies, but I don't want to be preached to in them. Uh I don't want them to feel like that I'm just at a giant, you know, I'm at a sermon for an hour and a half. It's okay. So when I write now, I really try to, and I I, I take this as a challenge to me as a writer, Mm -hmm. is to write stories Take, take an everyday occurrence, something that everybody or a large swath of our communities can relate to. Yeah. And then put a faith message around that, that how faith can help you with it without preaching. Mm. So I try to write my stories where they're encouraging, they're entertaining because it's, they're still stories, so they have to be entertaining. And then injecting 
if I do use scripture, the scripture is there to move the story along. It's uh-huh. just not fed into the story. So oh, I've written 20 pages. I got to throw a piece of scripture in there somewhere. I try not to do that. <laughs> right. I try to just make sure that the scripture is part of the story. And then I try to make sure that the people who are speaking the scripture are ones that we almost like a, a pastor would say things a certain way different than I would say them. And I try to pay close attention to that so that these films can reach people mm-hmm. and possibly entertain and bring them closer to God. I think you succeeded uh, in this movie. Curious, can we ask you what's on your mind next or what's coming up next? We got a couple movies that's hanging out there around with certain networks. So we, we I did a movie called Redeem, Mans Mackie Studios. Bishop Mackie and I and our team got together. We did a movie called Redeemed. Mm-hmm. And that movie is looking at an actual situation that happened here in Alabama where a white judge were putting black kids in jail for money. Oh, so I lifted that story up and I wrote with a, a young lady named Vicki Adams, had a script that was very similar to that. So they allowed me to rewrite the script and we uh, were putting that out. And I think that will be on network first quarter of next year. Redeemed. Okay. I know that BET has picked up the story. I think they're going to try to put it out. And I've written what I call my first Christmas story uh-huh. <laughs> with, a, with a bit of comedy to it. I, people have been asking me to, <laughs> hey, can you lighten it up a little bit? <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll, I'll lighten it up a little bit. So I've, I've got three scripts right now that are being floated around out there in the network world. Okay. <laughs> And uh, they're all family faith based movies. Okay. Um, and we're praying that sometime next year we'll be able to make those and have those ready for the uh, the 2022 season because 2021 you'll see Redeemed and My Brother's Keeper. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're praying to be able to have you guys something for 2022. Before we close up, is there anything else that you feel? would be important for people listening to to know about what you're doing or about the films or what you're seeing as what would be helpful to our world today? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a loaded question. It, it, it is. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to load you down with no. it. Yeah, this has been a, a, a strange year, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And, and I, the, the whole COVID and and then we, you know, we're struggling with our political environments. I, I would, I would ask people to just stop for a minute and let the waters clear because the waters are very muddy right now. And sometimes we just have to stand still when we're walking through these, these little lakes and streams and rivers, and just stand still and let the water clear beneath us. Because I, I just know that as the people, we're better. As a country, we're better. And we just we just have to slow down a little bit and let God settle this for us. Stay stay faithful, stay courteous, stay friendly. Just because here, you know, the, the truth of the matter, Bruce, and you know it and I know it. The devil yeah. never stops. Yeah. Never. He's no. working right now. He's trying to figure out a way right now to get in, interjected into this interview. Right. Because he never stops. Yes. So if we stop and allow him to create wedges, then we we will be like this for a very long time. 
Mm-hmm. And I just believe that we can all just stand still for a minute and go, you know what? Let's just stop for a second. Let's just stand here for a second. Let's catch our breaths. Let's look around and see what's real and what's not real mm-hmm. and, and move forward in that. And uh, I, I think that's about it. I just think that we can do better. and We will do better because mm-hmm. we're a nation that will do better. Okay. Well, thanks for taking on a loaded question. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Ty, yeah. wonderful to have you. Well, thank you. Can't say enough about, uh, you know, the movie as well as the people you have in it. Uh, you're right. Stallings does it. Just an incredible job. <clears throat> Yeah, and if I may, I know you real quick, but I tell you, yeah. uh, TC and Keisha are, are dynamite oh. on this movie together. Keisha Knight Pulliam is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Allen Williams is just a true professional. I, oh my I, gosh! I'm a fanboy when I come to watching Greg. Uh, he's <laughs> been in two of my movies now, and I tell you, I just I, I'm on set and it's just I'm just in awe. Yes. And, you know, Blue Kimball plays one of the greatest bad guys in a faith-based <laughs> movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I love what you know, he does with his rich... lip or whatever on his teeth. Oh, man. <laughs> he is incredible. I mean, just yeah, and Richard Richard and Joey Lawrence. This cast is so much fun to watch. And they yeah. they were all so good that I hope people will watch this movie. And I know it's it's a heavy movie about PTSD, but I hope people will watch it and realize that no, this is entertaining. I like this and just watch these performances because they really did a good job with this movie. Mm. Yes. I can that's why I say it it had me pulled in from the start. And so and even though it was heavy, I still yeah. was just eating it up. It was just so good. Yeah. Jeff Rose as the pastor. I mean, yeah. they're just so good. Uh-huh. It was a lot of fun for me as a writer to sit back and watch these guys. And, you know, like, they were, and I'll be honest with you, Bruce, there were a couple of times when I went up to them and said, I didn't write it that good. <laughs> really? Well, I did. And TC will tell you that. You talk, ask him that tomorrow. There were okay. a couple of times when I went up to those guys doing performances and said, that was so good. I didn't write it that good. That was so good. <laughs> and then I just walk away because, you know, we had a director there. I didn't want to be in his way, but I yeah. would. I would just go, wow, that was so, so good. I mean, you guys are really tr- trying to make me look good here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not that good of a writer, but I sure appreciate your effort to try to make me look like one. That's beautiful. That is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love hearing that. <laughs> well, Ty, many blessings to everything else you're doing. Thank you for putting this Thank out. You. Uh, for those listening, you'll love it. I can imagine even though, you know, I can't wait to see Redeem and the other things you come up with. But thank you for being on the show today. God bless you and all your efforts. Well, thank you for having me. And, and God bless your fans. And everybody have a happy holiday season. Right. You too, Ty. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.